chapter 25 from verse 1 to verse 13 um, contextually speaking this portion of scripture is part of a series of parables that deal with eschatological events or end time events end time issues are you with me and uh, we want to look at a few things from this portion of scripture if we are unable to complete it all we will certainly continue next week matthew 25 1 to 13. matthew 25 1 then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took the alarms and went forth to the to meet the bridegroom mm. and five of them were wise and five were foolish right. they that were foolish took the alarms and took no oil with them but the wise took oil in their vessel with the alarms while the bridegroom tarried they all slumbered and slept right and at midnight there was a cry made behold the bridegroom cometh go ye out to meet him then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said unto the wise give us of your oil for our lamps are gone out but the wise answered saying not so lest there be not enough for us and you but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves and while they went to buy the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut okay afterward came also the virgin saying lord lord open to us but he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. Amen. And so this is basically the entirety of that portion of scripture. We straight away have been told that five of these ten virgins are wise the other five are foolish um, however the first item I want us to look at is the similarities between the wise and the foolish that even though half of them were classified as wise and the other half as foolish from the very beginning of the whole story they had a lot of things in common hallelujah Oh, am I talking to somebody? At the beginning, if you saw a wise virgin and you saw a foolish virgin, it would be very difficult to tell them apart. And so, what were these things that they had in common? Number one, they were all invited. They were all invited. Number one. All of them were invited to this wedding ceremony. All of these ten these wise ones, these foolish ones together were all invited. Which means that they must have met the minimum qualification 
to receive an invitation. Which also presupposes that an, an invitation in and of itself is not enough. Because even though similarly they all received an invitation, at the end of the day, not all of them were able to make it to the wedding. Hallelujah. Tell somebody an invitation is not enough. And so the first thing is that they were all invited together. Wise received invitation. Foolish received invitations. It's like what happens when somebody is having a wedding a day. They send uh, invitations out there. Not everyone who receives an invitation turns up for the event. Many do, yes. But many of those who are invited don't turn up. And so simply being invited is not enough. Simply being in, in church is not enough. Simply uh, adorning ourselves and calling ourselves Christians is not enough. Because you can call yourself whatever you want. You can't force heaven to acknowledge it. Hallelujah. Number two thing that they had in common. They were all virgins. Number two, they were all virgins. Virgins meant or symbolizes that they were consecrated. They were set apart. They were, they were holy. They were righteous, so to speak. And so all of them didn't have any fault or any blemish on them. It's therefore strange and uh, equally surprising that somebody that is described as a virgin can also be described as a fool. Am I talking to somebody? That somebody that is described as a virgin, one representing holiness and righteousness, um, one that is set apart, can also in the same space of time be described as a fool. Because wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And it is the fear of the Lord that equips a man to walk in the will of the Lord. And so the day a man begins to walk outside the fear of God, he begins to step out of God's will, and that is where his folly becomes evident. Without the fear of the Lord, even the most intelligent person will be classified as a fool. Am I talking to somebody? Without the fear of the Lord, even the one that has the most degrees will be a fool in the sight of God. Number two, they were all virgins. They had all that in common. They had all that similarly amongst themselves. And so you need to understand that the emphasis here is not so much on how you start a thing, but it is on how you finish it. Because clearly, both the wise and the foolish started on a very good note. What do you think? You agree? Both those classified as wise and, and fools, they were all virgins, they were all invited. They started on the same footing. They, were, they started on the same level. They all began at the same point in time. But as time went on, the foolishness of the other five was revealed. In the next five years, what will your story reveal about you? In the next 10 years, what will your story reveal about you? There are many of you seated here at the sound of my voice. Right now, when we look at you, we see a gentleman, we see a lady. Will marriage reveal a monster in you? Uh, I feel like preaching to somebody. Will your children reveal a demon in you? What will time reveal about, about who you are? Because at point zero, we all look the same. We all sound the same. Have you not seen people graduating, maybe from, 
from university at the graduation ceremony, apart from their class uh, differentiation, they all look the same. They are wearing the same robe, wearing the same hat. They will mention everybody's name. Everybody will walk out there to the days, uh, take their certificate or pseudo certificate, uh, take a handshake, take pictures with family, go and congregate somewhere and eat. At that point, they all look the same. Meet them 10 years after that. You see that foolishness will be revealed in some. Wisdom will be evident in the lives of others. I pray for you that in the next 10 years, in the next 5 years, may your life demonstrate the wisdom of God that is evident on your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the next 10 years, when people look at you, may, may they see a man that is blessed, a woman that is blessed. May they see one that is favored. May they see one that is walking in the wisdom of the Lord. May your life not be characterized by foolishness in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, I am the one. Number 3. They all had oil from the start. They all had oil. 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 They had oil from the start. Do you agree? It is possible to read it. Read the scripture and say, ah, no, but the Bible says they, had, they took no oil. Read verse 3. Read verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with okay. them. What did the Bible say? They that were foolish did what? Took their lamps and, and took no oil. Now, if you read this and you go home, you quickly think that they took no oil. But like I've taught you, never read a scripture, just one verse and run with it. You need to properly situate it in context. Read it again. They that were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps they took their lamps and took no oil with them and took no oil with their lamps are you with me go to verse 4 but the wise took oil in their vessels but the wise took oil in vessels with their lamps with their lamps now at the beginning all of them must have had some oil in their lamp the difference is that those that were classified as wise took extra oil, put it in vessels that accompanied the lambs that they had. Go to verse 8. Verse 8. And the foolish said unto the wise, Yes. Give us of your oil. Give us of your oil. Why? For, for our lambs are gone out. For our lambs. Read it. For our lambs uh -huh. are gone out. Are gone out. What does it mean? That at a certain point in time in the beginning, their lamps had fire. Now, if they had fire, they must have had oil. Because oil serves as the fuel for the fire. At this point, at the end of the thing, they are saying, give us oil now because our lamps have gone out. So at the beginning, they all had oil. The question is, the oil that you have on, on your life, will it be able to sustain you to the end? That's the most important. It's not that the, the argument is not that you are you don't have oil. Yes, you may have oil, but is that oil sufficient enough to carry you to the end? Have you not seen people anointed from the beginning? They can preach the heavens down, they can preach hell and let hell somersault. They can preach and but meet them again five years later, and they look very different from how they began. What matters is having sustaining power, staying power. Oil enough to go through life. 
Hallelujah. He having enough oil. They all had oil. Ask your neighbor, is your oil enough? Mm. Ask another, is your oil enough? It's not about having you have. I know you are anointed. Oh, you are anointed. But are you oiled enough for the journey? There are things that you can go through in life that will make you, it will shake your faith if your oil is not enough. It is, it is normal and I explained to you. Okay, let me, let me just tie it into the next point. Number four, thing that they had in common. Number four, that they all slept and they all slumbered. Did you see that one in your Bible? They all slept and they all slumbered. Because there comes a time and a season in life where you will sleep and you slumber, no matter who you are. Have you forgotten Jesus? The same Jesus, Sofu, that the devil promised, he said, just bow down to me and I'll give you everything your eyes are seeing. Just bow down to me. And he overcame the devil three times. The same Jesus. Same Jesus. When he was at the Gethsemane, he was now telling God, if you can, let this car pass me by. He had got into a place where the weight of the assignment was, was overburdening him. Have you been there before? Where you feel like life is crashing you? Oh, I, I, do I have a witness in church? Have you been there before where, where on the outside people think that you have it all figured out and you have it all together but on the inside when you look at yourself and you are alone you know that there is something not quite well not, things are not really aligned the way I, I expect them to be aligned things are not as I want them to be and, and you are crumbling under the pressure of life in those times it is, it is okay sometimes to sleep and to slumber but the question is will your oil be enough to cause you to sail through those moments hallelujah they all slept they all slumbered when you read the, the scriptures well, the Bible doesn't criticize them for sleeping. You realize it? They are not criticized. In fact, it's not an issue in the, in the parable, in the narrative. It's not an issue that they slept. The issue was that they didn't have oil for the fools. They didn't have oil when they woke up. Number five thing they had in common. They all started well. They all started well. Receiving an invitation to such a prestigious wedding. You just selected 10 people and you are one of the 10. Oh Lord. What a privilege. What an opportunity. This, this bridegroom, this figurative bridegroom must have been somebody very important. For all these people to come and wait, it must have been somebody of renown somebody of wealth and so for them to have been selected to be part of those who come to this wedding, 10, just 10 of them just being part of the 10 is a privilege so they, they all started well so the question is not how you start, the question is how you end I have never met any, any parent who look at their child's face and say uh, every, every parent I've met in my life when their, their children are one year, two years, ah, my child is so smart. Have you seen that one before? I've never met any parent whose one year is not smart before. 
It's not how you start. When they are running the races, especially the very long distance ones, the ones that are dominated by the Kenyans and Ethiopians of this world, when they start, I don't know where, where sometimes the, the Europeans and Americans get um, the confidence from that makes them start leading. When they, when they are doing these 5,000 and 10,000 meters, you see when they start, suddenly the white guys and the Americans are leading and the Kenyans are just timing them and they are with them. By the time they get to maybe the last one or the last two rounds to go, they start giving them gap and they start stretching them. And the people who started well, somewhere along the line, they start tiring up. They, they are not able to keep up with them. Those guys have built momentum, they built capacity, and they have what it takes to have staying power and overcome the long journey and the long distance. Many of us have started well. Will we end well too? What will be the story that will be written about our life? We are in a generation where we force pastors to lie at funerals. This man is the holy man. Or oh, he's even the so-so and so of the men's ministry. Men's ministry, some who in the bear five years. They'll say nice things because we don't say bad things about the dead. That shouldn't be our, our focus on whether we are saying good things or bad things about it. The focus should be where is the dead going? Yeah. And what lessons can we learn from that? When you live a good life, and you are exiting. Nobody has to forge a story about you. Nobody has to whitewash your life. Heaven is excited to receive you. Angels are on the on the red alert. Our, 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 our vessel is coming back to us. He has completed his assignment. He has completed that which we put him on earth to do. He's coming. Heaven is excited that one ambassador is coming back home. Them of you, the devil can't wait to receive you. Can I go there? May that not be our story in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Number, number six, similarity, the last one. They all came with a purpose of meeting the bridegroom. That was their purpose. Their, their whole reason for being there, all of them, was to meet the bridegroom. They had that in common. That was their reason for being there. That was their assignment. They, they came to just meet him. Just like we are all in, 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 in Christendom, our hope is that when the risen king comes in his glory, we will be there to meet him. We'll be ready, prepared to go with him. One purpose. But having that purpose was not sufficient to get them there. Because it takes more than having a goal. It takes specific actions to reach that goal. It takes specific steps. You need to do things, put things in place in order to get to that place. Hallelujah. I want us to pray in the next few minutes. Our prayer is simple. Now, because of time, we, we can just do their similarities today. Next week, we'll touch on their differences. And then the third week, the final week of the series will deal with the lessons that are actually embedded, the nuggets in this parable. In the next few minutes, you want to pray. 
that as we have begun life, as, as we are on this journey, some of us are midway, some of us are beginning, some of us are uh, three quarters, some of us are two quarters, halfway, whatever it is, may God himself give us staying power. May we have the grace to keep at it. Keep pushing on this journey. Keep going. Keep walking with him. You want to pray for yourself. You want to pray for yourself. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.